Let's go to First Peter chapter number one. First Peter chapter number one. And verse number one. First Peter chapter number one, verse number one. First Peter chapter number one and verse number one. All right, follow along. I'm going to read it to us. We'll read to verse number 9. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout the Pontus, Galatia, uh, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So the letter here is written to a lot of different churches. It's named for us right there on the first verse. Verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, Unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faded not away, Reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith be being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Lord, we come to you this morning. We're asking for your guidance. Lord, I pray that you'd teach us Holy Ghost, our great teacher, Lord, the one that uh, you used, Father, to write your word. Lord, thank you for that he moved upon, holy man of God. And Lord, uh, we have an inspired word that came from you. And Lord, we have it in our hands. Thank you for all those that died, Lord, so that we can have it today. Lord, thank you for those that had a passion and had a vision and had obedience, Lord, to translate it to an English language that we have it in our hand today. Lord, I pray as we continue, Lord, in our Christian life evermore, uh, every day, we fall in love with your word. We're appreciating it more and more. We treasure it more and more. Lord, someday, Lord, there'll be a dearth of your word. They'll be not found on earth. Lord, I pray that uh, we would not take for granted what we have and Lord, as we have it, as we've heard this last week, through the missionaries that you've brought our way, and as they preach to us your word, I pray, Lord, that we would not neglect, Lord, our responsibility to tell others about you because we do have the truth. And Lord, I pray that we would not find reasons or excuses to disobey, but Lord, I pray we find reasons to obey. Lord, bless us this morning as those that are still coming. Lord, many are sick. Uh, I know some that are ill and not feeling well. Some are in an emergency situation. Lord, I pray that you'd help them. 
Lord bless them. Lord bless uh, our service this morning and Sunday school hour. Pray for the children even now, the teachers even now. As they have prepared this last week, Lord, I pray that those preparation would be used by you, Lord, uh, for we can't do nothing without you. Lord, even today, I pray for calmness of nerves. Lord, I pray for calmness of spirit. I pray, Lord, that we would be here in harmony and that we would have a spirit of unity. And, Lord, that we would come here, Lord, to be a blessing to someone. And, Lord, if it is your will that you bless us, Lord, we are thankful ahead of time. Lord, I pray that you should keep the distraction away. I pray, Lord, as many might have had a week, Lord, that is hard. Lord, I pray that they'll find this place a haven. Lord, I pray that they'll find this place a restful place. Lord, as I use uh, your word and as you use my mouth, and Lord, use my mind, use my heart, use my life, as I teach, Lord, this lesson of a real faith, I pray, Lord, that it will convict, it will challenge, it will make us a, a people, Lord, that is solid in faith. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're talking about a real church. We looked at last lesson, lesson one of the series. We looked at a real beginning, and we found that God, Jesus Christ, instituted the church. It wasn't a man-made idea. It was a God-given institution established for us and how helpful it is and how it makes sense even as we read the scripture, how it is very, very, very relevant even today. And thank uh, the Lord for that. Uh, he gave us a place such as the church. Uh, other Christians that have lived in time past did not have a privilege of going to an assembly, of assembling together as brethren. And thank the Lord that we have that privilege, and I don't, and I feel that we should not squander it, and I hope that you feel very grateful that you have a church you can belong to. Now we're going to look at it. As a real church, it had a real beginning. Now we're going to look at lesson two. It also has a real faith, a faith that uh, we base our action and we base our teaching and we base our beliefs. And so we're going to dive right in. We read it here. It is written to several area, not necessarily specific churches, although I'm assuming at least this area had at least one church in them. If you look at, again, verse 1, uh, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia. Asia is a big place. And Bethnia, all right? Of the approximately 400 churches buildings in America, I don't know when this was uh, collected, this, this census. How many of these do you suppose, quote, unquote, real churches? as defined by the New Testament. Again, we get our basis for everything we believe and everything we say and everything we trust from the Word of God. We are people of the book. And so uh, if you hear something, you adhere to a truth that you believe, make sure it is founded in the Scripture. All right? If you believe it, you live it, make sure you find it in the Scripture. Okay? Because you can be living and you can be doing things not according to scripture, okay? And so be very mindful of that. If you believe something, make sure you find it, its basis, its foundation, and its practice in this book, okay? Uh, We learned in our last lesson that the real uh, New Testament church is a local called-out assembly belonging to the Lord. 
In this lesson, we will learn that we are bound together in the church by a set of beliefs, okay? A real faith in the doctrine and teaching of Jesus Christ, all right? That's what unite us together. We are united in Christ, okay? We are in Christ. We talked about this, if you remember my lessons on unity. Although you can drive through almost any city in the United States and find church buildings, these buildings do not always house real New Testament churches, There may be a real building, but if there is not a real faith represented by the people there, it is not a real church. The Apostle Peter wrote the epistle of 1 Peter to the churches of Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. We read in verse 1 of chapter 1. This epistle was a critical letter. uh, Sorry, it was a cyclical letter, meaning it went through these places that went from one church to the next. These churches were scattered throughout the region, many having been planted as Christians moved through persecution. If you know the history of Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 1, they were persecuted, and because of that, they moved out of the country. Many of these churches did not even have a building, okay? They met in homes or in other places. Their testimony reminds us that the church is not a building. We made mention of that last Weekend, we're praising the Lord that we have a beautiful building to meet at. It's not wrong to have a beautiful building, and we are responsible to this building if you're a member of this church, okay? We are responsible to make sure it is protected, it is locked, it is taken care of, it is clean. A real church is a group of people called out unto Christ and held together by a real faith in the real truth of Jesus Christ. While false religions and false teachings tend to generate doubt and create confusion, a real faith is a foundation by which we should live. It provides the strength and security is based on Christ himself. Okay? Uh, Look at point number one. Point number one here on your notes. I'm assuming you have received your notes. Point number one, real faith promises hope. H-O-P-E. Hope, H-O-P-E. Our hope is based in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We read that here in 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 3. Look at it again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Ours is a living, breathing hope. Jesus Christ himself. His resurrection is the foundation of our faith. After all, our salvation couldn't be possible if it were not for the finished work and resurrection of Christ. The hope of every Christian is founded in Christ's resurrection. All right? We celebrate that as a nation. We celebrate it, call it Easter some. We call it Resurrection Sunday for some. We celebrate the fact that Christ did die, he was buried, and then he rose again. And that is the difference that we have uh, as a true believer and that believe the truth of the word of God. We have a, a Lord that is alive. That is very different than most of other religions that teach whatever they teach and their followers follow a dead man, a dead man, okay? And so ours is alive, thus Christ warns us in the scripture in the New Testament that we should not do dead works because we have alive in Christ. So thus you find Romans 12, verse 1, 
it says that we should be a living sacrifice. Why? Because Christianity is about a life lived. Christianity is about a life lived. All right? You can pick up a book. You can pick up a set of creed and doctrine. There are many religions in time past that are now no longer in existence. And some, uh, in principles, kind of have their remnant. Some people still believe some of those. They might be called different names today. But the difference that we have is that we believe in a living God. Our faith is a living faith. And our book is a living book. That means it should be lived out in our lives. That's why, as a preacher, you'll hear me. I will stand against dead works. I don't do dead works because I'm alive in Christ. All right? I don't pray a certain set of prayers just so that I pray a certain set of prayer. I don't read the Bible just as because it's a duty to read, although it's a good duty. It's a good habit to get into. But it's more than that. I'm talking to a living God that will hear my prayers. I don't pray to a dead statue. I don't pray to an idol. I don't carry around beads with me because I don't believe in those things because they are dead. My Christ is not hanging on the cross. My Christ sits on the right hand of the Father. My Christ can understand how much hair I have in my head. He knows my attitude today. He knows my mood today. He knows what I need tomorrow. He knows what I'm struggling with. He is an alive God. And my Christianity must be so. It must be alive because that's the difference between the rest of the religions of the world. Some of them are faithful. They're going to church this morning. They're all dressed up this morning. They're going to a building this morning. They're going to say a bunch of stuff this morning. But the difference between them and us should be is the fact that we live and we have a living God. This isn't a church that is a buhitna church. If we say it in Cebuano, it is alive. Right? We don't come here out of creed and out of motion and out of habitual religious duty. There are my brothers here that are alive, that I have communication with, that I pray for, that I believe that my God will hear my prayers. And God does things in my life. I encourage you, Christian, if you have forgotten to believe in a God that can do the impossible, then why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why you have no excitement about a God that can solve every problem you could ever have with anybody that you'll ever encounter? Some of you have problems with each other. How can it not be fixed? It may be, may I question you, do you believe a real God? Do you believe a real God that can forgive people? Do you believe a real God that can help you forgive somebody? Do you believe in a real God that can change somebody that has offended you? Because if you do, your church service would be different than what it is. You'll come with faith, believing God can do something. I have problems with people. They have problems with me. Right? That's just life. But the difference is I have a God that can make my enemies be at peace with me. I have a God that can help me have a wonderful relationship with my wife. Some husband and wife are having struggles. Why are you having struggles? Do you believe in God? So why are you strong today? Because we live so defeated. We feel like we live and our God is dead. He's not dead, guys. 
He's so interested in your daily life. You're not the one that is interested. You have put him in a file somewhere, and you have lived your life according to your own will. And you just walk on the life motionless and just doing things, and God is not affecting you. God can affect you every day. Every day he can affect you. Uh, the missionaries were not any different than us. The missionaries we saw and we, 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 we honored them. We looked at them and said, wow, they could do that. You can. You can do what they're doing. You can. The difference is, do you believe? I like what Brother Mori once said in one of his sessions Sunday school, I think last week. We have forgotten or we have failed or I don't know what he said exactly. You can look it up. I think it was recorded for us in live stream. You can go back. But he said something to the fact uh, we, have, we have forgotten that God can change a life or we've forgotten to believe that or we have lost that, that God can change a life. Some of you have people that have hurt you. God can change those people. If you believe, pray, asking God. We have so impatient sometimes, we don't let God work. Let him work in your life. God, the, the person we serve, is alive. He is alive. Man, that should be uh, the most greatest thing you ever heard, that your God you serve is alive. First uh, Corinthians 5.13, it says, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. If Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Why am I up here talking? If I don't believe in the God of the Bible, why would I even do this? Why would I even do what I'm doing? Look, if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. My faith is not vain. I might falter. I might fall because I'm a human being. I might not believe him. I might not obey his leading in my life. That's my fault. But Christ and his word is alive. It's true. It is not in vain. It is not in vain to believe the truth of the word of God. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. And if this life... Only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of all men most miserable. Saying if we have no faith in Christ, we are miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that sleep. For the unsaved, their hopes are dying hopes. But for God's people, our hope is alive and real thus it is real it is authentic it is genuine it is for sure it is real your power comes from god that is all powerful he can do it you have a problem soul winning he can help you if you want to he can help you if you want to if you have a problem with soul winning he can help you if you want to because he's a powerful god if you have a hard time giving, he can help you because he's a powerful God. If you have a hard time doing right, he can help you because he's a powerful God. And you have to believe that. That's the faith we speak of. 
Because, guys, we are not any different than anybody else that teaches, do this, do this, do this, do this, and they have no power to do any of those. We're the same. We're the same as any creed in any kind of form of religion out there. But we are not. We have the living God with his living Holy Ghost that lives inside of us, alive Christians. Let us then live like the Christian we should. And what power you have to see things happen. To see things happen. A. First point is a real faith, promise, hope. It's letter A, based upon the witness of the apostle. Based upon the witness of the apostle. is supporting letter A, supporting the first point here. It promises hope. It's based upon the witness, W I T N E. S-S, of the apostles, A-P-O-S-T-L-E-S. We have the eyewitnesses accounts of those who actually saw Jesus after his resurrection. If you want to look at Acts chapter number 1, you have it in your notes if you want to look at it in your notes. If you want to look at it in your Bible, I suggest you would. If you want to look at it in your Bible, it will help you to know it's in your Bible. But they make it easy for us on our notes. Either way. Uh, Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 2, it says, Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. All right, 40 days. You can actually have a number here and say it was 40 days that Christ was seen. After the resurrection, he died. He was buried for three days. The third day, he rose again Sunday morning. He was alive at that point for 40 days on earth before he ascended into heaven. Okay, 40 days. Uh, It says in verse number three, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them, this is a church service they're having, and commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now it says, 1 Corinthians 15, I'll read that for you. You don't have to turn there. 1 Corinthians 15, 5 to 6. And that he was seen of Cephas, Cephas, 10 of the 12, then of the 12. After that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. All right, fallen asleep meaning they passed away. The Bible refers to a Christian dying as being asleep. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number, 1 Thessalonians 4 talks about as well. So here we find he was alive for 40 days. He was seen by Cephas. He was seen by 12. And then he was seen at least, According to scripture, it says, uh, seen above 500 brethren at once, okay? He was seen above 500 brethren at once, so at least 500, maybe more, that saw him, all right? Many of these eyewitnesses were the same people who, who Jesus saw, who saw Jesus crucified and knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he died a real physical death. They heard him say, it is finished, and saw him give up the ghost. John chapter number 19 and verse number 30, we know that the apostle John was there because he was given a command to help Mary, which is Jesus' mother physically. All right? 
They saw the centurion pierce his side with a spear and pronounce him dead. Mark 15, 44 to 45. His death was no fable. It was witnessed by all who had gathered around the cross. And the news was carried throughout all Jerusalem. Luke 24 and verse number 18. His resurrection was not, no fable either. Three days after his death, the stone from his tomb was rolled away. And all could see that he had risen. As the verses above describe, he was personally seen by his disciples by, by over 500 eyewitnesses. All right, 2 Peter 1, 2 Peter 1, and verse number 1 to 6. In a court of law today, if a person may be judged guilty or innocent by the testimony of merely one or two people, but Jesus Christ was not seen by just one. He was seen by over 500. The, the change that came over the apostles themselves is evidence of Christ's resurrection. One author said in this way, what happened as a result of their resurrection resurrection is unprecedented in human history in the span of a few hundred years a small band of seemingly insignificant believers succeeded in turning an entire empire upside down these believers faced torture uh, vilification and even cruel deaths for what they fervently believed to be true their willingness to face persecution is further proof of christ's resurrections since it is inconceivable that the disciples would have been willing to die for what they knew to be a lie. And exactly what I was making a point earlier this morning, if you believe the truth of the word of God, it will move you into real action. Guys, the real Bible produces real Christians. The real encounter you have with the real Christ will produce a real change. You cannot tell me, you cannot tell me, you cannot tell me you've been saved and I don't see it in your life. You cannot. Bible tells us very emphatically, you will know them by their fruit. Now a just man falleth seven times, but then riseth up again, the core of the being of a man Yes, we are sinners. God does not give us the power until we are gone out of this body. And that either the resurrection, if we died, and God calls us home in what we call the rapture in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, or while we're alive, we'll shed this corruptible body, and God will give us a celestial one and give us an incorruptible body. We will no longer be under this presence of sin. It will be gone. There'll be no more sin. All right? But, but, predominantly a Christian man or a Christian woman, I talked about this in preaching Wednesday night, and I might finish my sermon one of these days. Inconsistency, you'll find that that is God's grace. And that is a trophy of his grace to show the world that he is a true God. That if some person, somewhere, somehow, no matter the ethnicity, no matter the color of their skin, no matter their status in life, no matter their age, if they believe in that almighty, unchanging, all-powerful God, can change them from a vile sinner to a saint. And as you live your Christian life in consistent testimony of that, you are a powerful witness to the lost. And they'll ask you questions like, what do you have that I don't have? Why is it that you are not moved when things seem to be 
chaotic or disordered or how can you survive is because of what we're talking about here if the apostles believed that it was a lie at one point or another when it got too hard they would have said it's not even true why would I die for this I just walk away now I guarantee yes some die for a lie I understand that. All right? Some people believe something to be true, and they die believing it to be true. But the Bible is given to us. We don't have to be foolish. We don't have to be blind to the truth. We don't have to be blind. My faith is not a blind faith. My faith is based on a real person, Jesus Christ. Now, the things that I don't know, I don't have to worry about because I know the man that knows what I don't know. And so I trust them. I don't know what's going to happen with my children. I don't know what's going to happen with my family. I don't know what's going to happen with my career. I don't know what's going to happen to me. But I know the man that knows. And if he tells me come, if he tells me stop, he tells me do this, he tells me don't do that, he tells me to pray for that. I could follow. Because I'm not basing my faith on blind or untested truth, but on a word that has been tested through time and still under attack today, still here. It's an ever-abiding word. It's going to be in heaven someday. Guys, someday we'll get to go to heaven and we'll open up a book. And it's the same book you've been reading. Now, I think supernaturally he'll have it in languages or he'll just put us all back in the same language. I don't know all of that. Don't ask me all that details. But, but the Bible does say he's going to have his word up there. And we're going to get to open it like as we open it today. Get familiar with your Bible now because you'll have it for the rest of our eternity. The word of God uh, is worth it. It is tried and proven. It is trustworthy. The truth is trusted. God has not failed me. I have failed myself. And others have failed me. But God has not failed me. I've made the wrong choices. I've reaped consequences because of my wrong choices. Because I failed. Not because of the book. Not because of Christ. So I, I, I ask, I challenge as Christians, let us live again the life that is passed from death unto life. Let us that live that life of a living sacrifice so that others can see the difference. They have a dead religion that produces only death. You celebrate death. Death is what's celebrated. Make a big deal of somebody's death and celebrate a year after year after year. For some religion... Uh, Mormon, I don't know what they do, but they keep a record of anybody that has died anywhere. Why do you celebrate that? We don't. We celebrate life. We celebrate life in all things that will enhance life, that will uh, encourage life, that will produce life. That's what we're about, Christians. We're about life because sin is the reason for death. Any kind of death. But Christ is the reason for life. 
So we talk about life. All right. All right. I lost my spot. I got, in, I got into enjoying that. The impact of Christ's resurrection on the lives of the apostles was real, and it made a difference in their lives. Second Peter chapter number one and verse number sixteen. We're moving right along. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. These verses are in scripture for a reason. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. And many a writer of books can come up with a whole culture on their own, a whole set of rules can influence you. It can, can come up with imagination, amazing what God has given us, uh, some people with brains to come up with plots, uh, with a, a story of a person that is not even alive, but the, they'll, they'll, they'll write it so much so that you can even, in your mind, feel like, I can be a friend of that person. Maybe they have a Facebook account. But at any rate, this is not one of those things. The scripture was not cunning men coming up with ideas that now we follow. All right? We are not Star Wars fanatics, all right, that gather together and even learn Klingon languages and gather on a compound somewhere in the country and say, da-da-da-da-da, right? That's not us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The testimonies, uh, look at this. When we made known unto the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. The testimony of the apostles and the other witnesses of Christ's resurrection are a challenge to us today to share this living hope with those who do not know Christ. Many of these witnesses gave their lives as martyrs because they would not be silenced concerning the claims of Jesus Christ. They had a real faith based on a real hope. And they knew it. We too have this real faith. That's why if you're a brand new Christian, you've just gotten saved. You've just gone into this faith. You just trusted Christ. I encourage you, learn the scriptures. Learn the scriptures. Learn the scriptures. Go to a Bible study. Go to a discipleship class. Learn, ask Bible questions. Why? Because they will help you. Realize that what you got into is not a man-made idea. It's not somebody just smarter than you and got you to believe it. It's the truth from the word of God. We're not lying to you. We don't mean to, de- to, be, to deceive you. It is a truth. And it can really work with just uh, being it and follow it and obey uh, we have to this real faith. May we be as faithful to share our faith with those who have no hope. Let the reality of your faith motivate you to share the gospel this week. May it be so that you realize I am saved for real. And if I am saved, that means somebody else can get saved. Let me go out there and tell somebody. They're not going to all like you. But they're not going to be all mean to you either. And bare chance, if you are seeking, God may bring you to a soul that's seeking, and maybe he will have a divine appointment for you, and somebody will get saved. And not only will they get saved, you have a chance maybe to even help them grow in their life as a Christian, and not even that, you become friends with them, and then you'll have them for eternity in heaven. That can happen. I've seen that happen in my life in the Philippines. Who'd have thought? Be Active about that. It's a real thing. 
Man, it's so good. As strong as the testimony of our 500 eyewitnesses is, we have an even surer foundation for your hope in Christ's resurrection. And that is number B. We'll go there quickly. And uh, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish the first point. Look at that. Hallelujah. B, based upon the word of God. Based upon the word of God. It was based upon the witness of the apostles. Now it's based upon the word of God. W-O-R-D, capital W-O-R-D of God, capital G-O-D, G-O-D. Even though the eyewitnesses are dead and gone, the word of God is still here and is an internal uh, testimony of the hope that we have in Christ. Peter, who saw the resurrected Christ himself, pointed out the written record of Christ's resurrection is more sure even than a verbal eyewitness testimony. And where is that found, the written record? Right here. If you have a Bible, you have it in your hand. This is the written record. You want to know about Jesus Christ, you're going to find it here. You want to know about his birth, you'll find it here. You want to know about his life on earth, you'll find it here. You know what, uh, his existence before time, you'll find it here. You'll know about his eternal Godhead, you'll find it here. You know about his salvation, you'll find it here. You know about his resurrection, you'll find it here. Everything you need to know about Christ is in this book that we hold in our hands. Are you spending time in it? Are you challenging yourself to know it better? Are you knowing it? Are you living it? There it is, the word of God. 2 Peter 1.19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. More sure than the eyewitness account. That's what they're telling us. This is a more sure word of prophecy than the apostle that witnessed him, than the 500 that witnessed him, than Cephas, than all of those 12. This is more sure. This is surer. And that's a word sounded good to say. We have a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well. Ye do well that ye take heed. Pay attention to it as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. This is the light that Christ left us. He's the light of the world. And for us Christians to be the light, we need to have the word of God to stoke the fire and let it shine. Let it shine. This is the light. This is the light that will put us on fire as a Christian so that the world in darkness can see what do they have that I don't have. And by your words and by your life, they might come upon the truth. That Jesus is the real God, the real Savior that can really save. And they can have hope. First Peter 1 Peter 1.23.25 Being born again, woo, not of corruptible seed, not man-made, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I can't say it any clearer than what the Bible says it. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. Yes, there is glory when you out, look out there on a certain time of the year and how the flowers are blooming, and it's beautiful, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last. The grass withereth, and the flower therefore, uh, therefore falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word 
which by the gospel is preached unto you. That's why Chris Barron became a preacher. That's why I'm preaching today. That's why Pastor Cole has been a preacher. That's why anybody that's been called anywhere to do any kind of preaching is called because of Jesus. We preach Jesus and him crucified. That's the difference that you're going to get in this kind of a church. You're not going to get in a place that prophesies or tells of a false religion and a false Christ because they are dead. They are dead. We are alive. We're not any better. We just have the real God. That's the difference. This incorruptible eternal word of God testifies the resurrection of Christ. And because of the testimony of the unchanging and unchangeable word of God, we gather as a church with a faith that provides a real hope. We believe in the literal resurrection of Jesus Christ, a bodily resurrection. It was not his spirit that resurrected. It was his body was no longer in the tomb. He resurrected bodily. We believe in the little resurrection of Jesus Christ. Eyewitnesses testify of it. The word of God records it for us. False religions cause confusion and stir up doubts. But real faith promises a real hope that bind God's people together. That's not all. Real faith also promises, and we'll talk about it next week. We are done. Lord, thank you for your word. We ask that we would be challenged. We believe in you, a real God. We believe in the real salvation you provided. Lord, I pray that our life would be a real Christian life. And that we would be resting upon your promise of power. And that power produces life in a lost man. I pray that, Lord, as people see us, our neighbors, Lord, the people we encounter, I pray, Lord, that we would be a witness. Let us believe, Lord, again, what you have done for us many years ago. I know I'm saved today, and I'm thankful. I know I was lost, but now I'm no longer lost. I know that. And, Lord, I pray that if I believe that, I'm, 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 I'm going to do something about it to tell somebody. Lord, give us opportunity. We're begging you. Give us opportunity. I know we're scared, Lord, sometimes to talk to people. Lord, I pray, give us opportunities, real divine appointments. Give us that. Bring us to the people that you want us to talk to. We ask, bless our morning, in Jesus' name. Amen.